Welcome to iScan in Conversation, where we talk about cybersecurity, military defense, crisis communications, and much more with industry experts from around the globe. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Victoria Powell, and I'm here today talking to Mike Gwynn, iScan Group's performance training expert and founder and chief developer at PM Development, where he runs a wide range of in-house events, project management, and performance training courses. In the summer of the longest day of the year, Mike will participate in the Chase the Sun Cycle Challenge to raise awareness and money for pancreatic cancer. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time to join me today to share your personal story. Uh, You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So today we'll be talking about your journey so far with this challenge. Let's start with what is the Chase the Sun Cycle Challenge for our listeners who, who may not have heard of it. Actually, it's not a well-known challenge, but it's um, it's where we have to start at uh, sunrise on what is it's the Saturday closest to the longest day of the year. So we're setting off from the east coast of Kent at 4.41 a.m. And we have to reach Burnham-on-Sea, which is on the west coast of Somerset, by sunset. So we've got around 17 hours to cover 205 miles and so hence chase the sun um, we're getting there before the sun sets so if you manage to do that then you've completed the challenge wow that sounds like quite quite a day <laughs> that you've got ahead of you um, what was your motivation for signing up i mean generally motivation for these things is just the challenge of of doing something the sense of achievement and I was thinking about this earlier. So as you get a bit older, I think you get a bit more introspective and you start to think, okay, what have I achieved in life, in business, personally? And being able to look back and do something that is stretching and certainly a challenge uh, and getting to the end and thinking, yes, I did that, becomes more important. I don't know if everybody thinks that way, but it's certainly how, how it's affected me. And uh, when you're getting on a little bit as well, then fitness becomes even more important. And for me, it's a means to get fit and ideally to stay fit. And the two are quite closely linked because the motivation is to get fit, but without having a challenge to do so, then it's actually quite a dull thing to do. Let's go out and get fit. But having something that's meaningful as well to help you get fit makes it easier, I suppose, to achieve. Yes, there's definitely the motivation there. I think everyone struggles with finding the motivation to exercise. So that's kind of a perfect way to do that. And have you done a lot of cycling challenges before? I wouldn't say a lot. I'd started, I think we were back in 2012, when uh, with a friend, we decided that out of the blue, we'd ride from um, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, to um, Angle Wat in Cambodia and it was actually a charity challenge and it was completely different for us uh, something that I mean he was a cyclist so but he hadn't been to Asia so for both of us there was something very new and it was tough because we were doing 60 miles a day in 34 degrees heat and high humidity and but we were raising money for Macmillan Cancer Research and it was just um, great fun, fantastic way to see a country. And at the end of it, very rewarding. And, uh, and then I just thought, what next? Again, the whole fitness thing. 
was was a very important uh, motivator in this. So I had read about it and just thought it's a bit different. It certainly will be a, a huge challenge. So I'm doing this with my brother-in-law and it's on the 19th of June. So yeah, we're um, we're just in training for this now. Very exciting. And you're cycling to raise awareness and money for pancreatic cancer <laughs> research. I mean, pancreatic cancer is often coined the silent killer. What makes it so deadly? Um, well, just let me give you a bit of context in this as well. And, and it's fair to say that with all the challenges that, that I've done, the raising money for charity bit hasn't been the prime motivator. It's been important. But the other elements, I think, have been um, key to this. This one in particular, we, I had actually decided to do the ride. And then it was a short while later that my sister-in-law got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the thing is with this, it's called the silent killers because around 80% of cases go undiagnosed until it's too late. And that's because there aren't any clear symptoms. So you can go to the doctor feeling a little bit off and they'll give you some checks and they still won't diagnose it until it becomes very obvious. And, and therefore, because it's so late, a, a diagnosis, survival rates are very low. So I think the current rate of survival is about 5% uh, going through for five or 10 years. So it's, um, yeah, once you've got it, then it's it's bad news. It's, it's a tough one, it's a tough one. Very, very tough. Um, so it's great that you're raising awareness for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's all you can do at this point. So I know that you do a lot of work for iScan Group and they're sponsoring you for the challenge. I was wondering, you know, leading up to this challenge um, and training, your professional background, you do a lot of sort of team performance management and training. Are there mm. certain tactics or strategies that you use to set goals for yourself? and? Mm. This could be both personally and professionally. And I think it's a good point. And, and a lot of the elements that I've used over the years have certainly transferred into the training for this. And the first thing that, that I remember you know, really having to do is when you're talking about performance, and I do a lot of performance environment training and coaching, the first question is what performance looks like. So what does it mean to you? What does good performance look like to you? And you have to define it. This ride is more about endurance. So the hills come quite late, but otherwise it's reasonably flat. So therefore, the training that I have to do depends on the outcome. So I'm looking at, okay, what do I need to, to be like on the ride? And therefore the training is, is trying to get me to, to be able to perform at that sort of level. So endurance, lots of miles in the legs but an element of powering the legs as well at the end so that you'll still be able to climb a, a few hills towards the end of the ride. So defining performance and then training to that is, is a key thing, I think, and both in professional and personal uh, challenges like this. And are there certain strategies you, you use? Yes, I think so, because if you look at... Um, business and there are quite a lot of uh, distinct similarities between the business and training for a sporting event like this and um, we talked about motivation earlier as well and we have to look at a purpose so why am I doing this so the motivation we talked about earlier was the challenge and if we're looking at a business challenge 
and quite often the targets are set um, monetarily. So, you know, here's a revenue target or here's a, um, a number, an audience target, go and get it, which <clears throat> clearly is a benefit for the company. <clears throat> Where's the benefit to the people? So um, when I'm trying to define the strategies for doing the right, then I'm trying to set stage goals as well. So you know, what is, if I achieve this particular marker at this particular point, am I on track? Is it working for me? So um, for me, stage markers are really important. A lot of the performance in sport is related to data as well these days. It's becoming more and more important. Data in business has been around for ages, you know, working with metrics many, many years ago. But now when we're applying it to uh, training for an event like this, then I need to know at a certain point the number of miles that I'm doing and how quickly I can recover from that. So in terms of strategies, you're, um, you're really using data in order to measure where you are at a certain point in time. So you know you're on track. And are there certain tools that you use um, and to evaluate your performance? If you're looking at top level cycling and it applies to other disciplines as well, is they talk about your functional threshold, which is the long the amount of time that you can sustain maximum performance. So for example, they'll measure their threshold um, by doing 60 minutes at full capacity and then um, measuring your ability to do that and what the power that you can use during that, that period. That's something that I don't particularly do because I'm not that, that serious a cyclist. But, I, but the, the next best for me is the, um, uh, the amount of work I can do in a certain amount of time. So I suppose that's where it applies to me. And I guess that could also be then translated into sort of more professional lives as, as well in terms of team performance and, and helping manage that and tracking people's efficiency. Yes, I think so. And you know, performance is fleeting. You can be performing one day and not the next. But it's identifying those things that... Uh, make you perform at a meaningful level and it's been said many times but it's, it was um, an MD who said to me many years ago said that whatever has got you where you are today is not enough to keep you there which means that we're constantly looking to improve and if we're looking for the next thing if we're looking for the next level pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones which is very very important it means you're progressing and as people, both in business and in a lot of these sporting um, senses, we feel as though we'd like to make progress. And you know, if you look at why people leave their jobs, leave companies, often it's because they feel as though they're not making progress in the job that they're doing. So defining that path, defining your progress, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, and once you do that, your abilities expand, then your confidence grows. So there's um, that whole looking to push the boundaries becomes increasingly important. And it applies both to, to business and also to personal life. How has data analytics changed the way in which we measure performance in many industries? 
Well, I think data within a commercial environment has been around for quite a long time. I mean, we've been operating with metrics, which is conversion rates, uh, number of customers that you need to show an interest to make a sale, et cetera, et cetera. It's very important in sport, becoming increasingly important in sport. So there are some very successful analytical companies that are looking at um, football, tennis, rugby, golf. What is it that makes a successful player? What do they need to do? And um, certainly looking, there's um, a company that's being very innovative within the football world, managers of very senior Premier League um, uh, teams, perhaps, to analyse not just how a player performs, but how they fit within that team as well. So looking at fit and performance together are very important in business also. So when you're recruiting, for example, yes, somebody may have great numbers, great success behind them, but are they going to fit within a team? And there's now more study being done and more data being used to assess somebody's fit within the ethos of the company in general and a team in particular. So I think that's where a lot of the progress has been made. Thank you for listening to iScan in Conversation. If you want to know more about today's topic, check out iScanGroup.com. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and hit the subscribe button.